0: I V M.
1: BQ Big Decisions. The Bloomberg Quinn podcast that helps you make the right financial choices. Hello, you're listening to BQ Big Decisions and I'm Alex Matthew. I want you to think back to the last time you went shopping for vegetables. It's safe to say that As a buyer of vegetables, you fall into one of two categories. Either you know exactly which ones you were going to buy, that is, which ones are good and which ones are bad, or you had absolutely no idea. If you've never shopped for vegetables before, you'd likely fall into the second category. If you didn't know which ones to buy, you'd either have to ask someone for help or simply trust your instinct. Maybe go so far as to choose the ones that were the brightest or the most colorful. Now, substitute vegetables with equities. The subzi mandi in this case becomes the stock market and vegetables become stocks. The same rules apply here too. In the case of equities, the ones offering you help are the mutual funds. They have trained individuals who pick and choose stocks for you and charge a fee to do so. But what if you had the option of buying a certain number of stocks without the headache, cost and pressure of picking the right ones? So taking the vegetable example further, what if a vegetable vendor kept a basket of assorted vegetables that were the most popular ready for you to buy? That basket in equities can be called an index. Joining me now to talk about how you can simply buy this basket and its pros and cons is Arvind Rao, Certified Financial Planner and Founder of Arvind Rao & Associates. Thanks so much for joining me, Arvind.
0: My pleasure, Alex.
1: Now, the main concept here of an index fund is to buy an index. What is this index that we're talking about?
0: Uh, Alex, it's uh, very common that uh, people who know about equities or even those who don't know about equities uh, somehow seem to be knowing or even heard of Uh, sensex and nifty. So you might end up walking across somebody at a party or at a common function and you'll always say people talking about sensex and nifty. So sensex and nifty is what we call it as an index. uh, Because whenever you have to evaluate anything, you need a benchmark. And index main job is to be the benchmark. Mm. So when it comes to equity markets, where there are around 2000 companies that are listed on various stock exchanges, you need something where you can evaluate the performance of a specific stock. So in some situations
1: where the Nifty and the Sensex go up by a percent or two, or on the on the flip side, if they fall by 2%, Mm -hmm. then people interchangeably use that to say that the market has fallen, right? That's not necessarily the case.
0: Yes. Uh, Because market uh, encompasses all these stocks. And the index comprises, uh, let's be specific, Sensex is tracking only 30 stocks. Right. And uh, Nifty is essentially tracking only 50 stocks. That's why
1: it's called the Nifty 50. Nifty 50. Absolutely. So how do these stocks manage to get onto the Nifty 50 or the Sensex in this case? Uh,
0: it is a factor of um, various multiples that come together. And the most common being the market capitalization.
1: Okay, so of these we got to talk about this market capitalization. Assume I have a company that is listed on the exchanges. And um, uh, there are hundreds of shares mm. in this company, mm. right? Right. Right. Um, each share is worth 100 rupees. Mm -hmm. So in this case, the market capitalization would be 10,000. Exactly. So it's basically the number of shares multiplied by the current value of the shares, that would be the market capitalization. So what you're saying is market capitalization is one of the determining factors that would help constitute an index,
0: right? Like like you said, Uh, you will always want your uh, vegetable vendor to give you an assortment of the most popular vegetables, right? Sure. So, these most popular vegetables are the ones which are most widely consumed. Likewise, the shares with the highest market capitalization Mm -hmm. essentially are the ones which are most widely traded and bought and sold by investors. Okay. And now, is it that this... Uh, index let's
1: talk about the nifty you have Mm -hmm. 50 stocks on the nifty Mm -hmm. are they all equal
0: they're not right Uh, you mean the weights in the index exactly Uh, no no the weights will be different and they keep uh, fluctuating from time to time again, which is based on their market capitalization.
1: So so basically, let's talk about a couple of components of uh, this index. And I think that if you've been following the news, uh, dear listener, then over the past uh, couple of weeks and months, there's been a bit of a battle at the top between Reliance Industries yeah. and Tata Consultancy Services. Yes. So you'll see that on a particular day, Reliance Industries topples TCS to take the position of the company with the largest market capitalization and therefore becomes the company with the largest weight on the Nifty. So that essentially talks about the fact that these weightages keep changing. Keep changing, yeah. So if I were to talk about an index fund now, now that we've established what an index is, Mm -hmm. how do I describe an index fund? So an
0: index fund is that mutual fund, which strictly invests only in the shares of those companies that form That particular index.
1: Alright, so if we were to talk about the nifty and an index fund that buys the nifty, Hmm. you're saying that if you buy an index fund in the nifty, you're buying those 50 stocks, right? Uh, And you also buy them in the weightages that they form uh, on the nifty?
0: Uh, The best part about investing in an index fund is that you are not bothered about how much is the weight of these stocks in the index, you just buy the index fund. Hmm. And the fund manager is at the back end going to buy these stocks in that same weights as they are in the index. Blindly?
1: Blindly. yeah. All right. So in that sense, if the Nifty, for example, in a particular year uh, goes up by 15%, then essentially, if you've bought the index at the start of the year, your investment goes up by 15%. Yes. Okay. So but then there are other funds available. And, and when people talk about investing in mutual funds, uh, really, and, and going back, back to the example that we had, hmm. mutual funds essentially say that we will beat the market. Right. Right. And when right. they say they will beat the market, they say that they're going to beat the benchmark indices. Yes. That is the NIFTY and the Sensex. Yes. So, and how, they, how do they do this? And And these are essentially active funds, right?
0: Let's, Broadbase, the distinction between an index fund and non-index funds. Uh, index funds are uh, more commonly known as the passive funds, right. where uh, since we discussed at length now how they are actually configured, uh, you will notice that uh, the fund manager or even the investor in the fund is really not uh, picking their brains to... Uh, Uh, pick out which are the best stocks, they're Hmm. simply mirroring the index. Right. Which is why the word passive investing. Okay. Uh, As compared to this, what happens in the other uh, categories of funds like diversified funds or the multi-cap funds or the small cap funds Hmm. is, these funds use... various means and methods to pick out stocks, which may or may not be a part of the index. Mm. And uh, are the fund managers believe that uh, these will be outperforming the index. Okay, so it's a lot of Active management there, mm. wherein they will be entering and exiting these positions uh, depending upon how they are performing. Mm.
1: So, so essentially that depends on the expertise of the fund manager in yes. picking stocks, yes. and that's why you have a, a slight bit of difficulty in certain cases when you're trying to decide which fund manager to go to, which fund to buy, which mutual fund to go to, which sector to get into. Right? Yes.
0: Yes. So, yes.
1: so that's that's one of the issues. Let's okay. So that's the broad difference between an active fund and a passive fund. One is managed on a day-to-day basis. The other merely mirrors the index. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about the pros and cons of investing in an index fund. Why would you say that a fresh investor should ideally consider just to cut their teeth, maybe, uh, Mm. invest in an index fund? Uh,
0: So Alex, this is very interesting. Like um, uh, most times we assume that investors are looking to beat the market, as you mentioned. But in my experience, I have come across an umpteen number of times people who say that, uh, look, whatever you do, uh, what I am actually interested is that I should be getting returns which are, if nothing else, equal to the Sensex or the Nifty. Yes. Uh, Well, if that's so simple, then the point is, why should you break uh, break anybody's head to get into these active funds? Mm. You simply get into index funds. Mm. So all our listeners who say that I am really not bothered to beat the market. Mm. Uh, You remember back in school, the average was that as long as I get a 60% and I get a first class, that's enough. (laughs) I really don't want to be the topper. So likewise, if I'm just wanting to mirror the sensex or the nifty returns index fund is where I should be going. Mm. So the biggest pro of getting into an index fund is that there is absolutely no tension. Mm. You're not bothered about caps, mid caps, sectors, automobile, IT, just select the index fund. And you can be sure that you will be gaining what the index gains or you'll be losing what the index is losing. And Arvind, when we
1: talk about equities, broadly, the advice that certified financial planners like yourself give uh, is to invest for more than five years, right? Right. And okay, so in that sense, if you look at the last five years, and if you talk about the nifty, the cumulative return that it has given is approximately 50%, which amounts to an annual gain of about 12%. So that's a decent investment.
0: Right, right.
1: That's right, So. While we're talking about these index funds, they give you returns uh, that you would normally associate with the Nifty and Sensex. That's essentially what they are. Those are the headline numbers. What are the other advantages associated with index funds? Uh,
0: the other thing that I can think of here is uh, that these funds are also easy on the investors' pockets because, mm. um, like we mentioned, that there is really no uh, stock picking that happens here. Uh, because of which the uh, mutual fund doesn't really need the expertise of a fund manager here, mm-hmm. uh, which means uh, no uh, big brains, uh, less costs, mm. and these lesser costs are translated back to the fund. Okay. So index funds are amongst uh, that rare category of funds where the expense ratios are the are really
1: low for an equity fund. Arvind, what are we talking about when we say expense ratios?
0: Uh, expense ratios are basically those expenses which a fund uh, uh, incurs in the running of a fund uh, or in the running of a scheme. So it it includes everything like the uh, simplest of things like incurring the uh, cost on postage Mm -hmm. for the material that they send to you, the commissions that are paid to the distributors, the fund manager fees, the amounts paid to the registrar and the transfer agents. Mm. All these cumulatively are referred to as the expense ratios. Okay.
1: So if we were to illustrate that, and if you were to, were to talk, talk about, say, ABC fund, mm-hmm. that is a mutual fund, mm-hmm. and XYZ scheme, uh, and if you were to say that uh, you were buying the large cap scheme, uh, which is managed by a particular fund manager, mm-hmm. you would have to pay a certain amount of money as an expense ratio. What would this average uh, ratio turn out to be?
0: Uh among funds, it will be anywhere between 1% to 2%. So 1% to 2%, how does that work? Yeah. So let me take you a step back as to how do you calculate this a percent or two. So it's nothing but the total expenses that the fund incurs mm-hmm. divided by the total AUM. That's AUM asset. stands for Assets under right. Management. So when you divide these two numbers is what you get as a percentage and that's what you call it as an expense ratio
1: okay um so so let's illustrate this right if you put 100 rupees into a fund uh, how much would your expense ratio turn out to be 2 rupees right effectively yes And if we're talking about the index funds that we've looked at, they've got an expense ratio, and I'm talking about the direct ones here. They have an expense ratio of 0.3%. That means that for every 100 rupees, you're paying 30 paise as an expense ratio. So there is a significant advantage to investing in an index fund. Yes. But there are disadvantages to buying an index fund as well, right? Foremost among them would be the fact that
0: you may not beat the market. Yes. In fact, uh, many, there are heavy chances that you won't uh, because uh, you are investing in the market or rather I should say in the index. Right. So, and market is the index. Mm. Uh, At least uh, you can say the index is the barometer of the market. Mm. Uh, Nobody is able to get a cumulative returns of all the 2000 stocks. It's Mm. typically these 30 and the 50 stocks. Mm. So since you're investing only in these 30 and 50 number, your returns will always be the same as them.
1: You know, there's one uh, word that uh, most beautifully captures uh, this entire uh, leg of the conversation, Mm -hmm. and that is multi-bagger. It's something that is used very commonly by people who track the equity markets. It's that one stock that will give you phenomenal returns and what everyone looks for, right? Yes, The ability of the fund manager to pick that multi-bagger... Consistently. And that will change the nature of the returns that his scheme gives. Yes. So it's not necessary that that multi-bagger is a part of the Nifty or the Sensex. And that therein is the difference between an active fund and uh, an index fund. Absolutely. Okay. And you pay a premium for that. Yes. Indeed. All right. So that's a, a distinct disadvantage. but. Oh, what are the other disadvantages?
0: Small technical point here uh, relation to the uh, cons here is that uh, there is a widely associated error with uh, index funds, uh, commonly known as the tracking error. Mm-hmm. So um, as with most things, indices also are uh, changed or you can say the components keep the weight of these components keep changing as time lapses. Yeah. Um, so the moment these changes happen, uh the fund has to go back and realign their portfolio so that it mirrors the index
1: okay so it's not real time it
0: it, it may not always happen real time because mm-hmm. you need time to unwind these positions and take up fresh positions mm-hmm. and depending upon the uh breadth of the market you it may take some time for the all of these index funds to get ready at the same point in mm-hmm. time so these will result in uh, a couple of uh, uh, or i should say a lag in uh, the returns mirroring these indices during that period.
1: Okay, fair enough. Okay, so there are there are a couple of disadvantages that you need to bear in mind as well. Hmm. But from the perspective of a new investor, Hmm. uh, or somebody looking at index funds as uh, a potential option, Hmm. what is the advice that you would probably give them?
0: If few of our listeners are among those investors, uh, who feel I mean, whatever they invest into, at the end of the day, if they were to compare their portfolio with a Sensex or a Nifty percentage, then they should start their journey definitely with an index fund Mm. because at least they'll have the satisfaction to see that their portfolio is doing the same what the index is doing.
1: And those individuals who are convinced about the argument of equity and who are unsure about which fund to choose, Hmm. uh, but still want the benefit of investing in equity, Hmm. should ideally go for this. Because investing in an SIP that invests in an uh, index fund is definitely better than not investing at all.
0: Absolutely. It's a baby step. And I think it's in the right direction. So they get a flavor of how the index operates how the equity uh, uh, operates. And uh, after they have gained decent exposure in this, they could move on to the active side of the equity segment as well. Fantastic. All
1: right. So we've talked about uh, all the benefits and uh, some of the disadvantages to choosing an index fund. But broadly, uh, we've captured the flavor of index funds and why you should consider investing in them if you're a new investor. All right. So that was a lovely conversation. Thank you so much, Arvind, for helping our listeners out with index funds and how to use them thanks for having me here alex it's a pleasure and to you dear listener thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of bq big decisions there's a lot more coming up in the space of personal finance look for a bq big decisions episode every weekend thanks so much for listening this is alex Matthews signing off If you enjoyed Big Decisions, check out some other podcasts on the IVM Podcast Network. You can check out Pesa Vesa hosted by Anupam Gupta, Advertising is Dead, hosted by Varun Dugirala, the Ronnie Screwwala podcast, hosted by Ronnie Screwwala, or Cyrus Says, hosted by Cyrus Procha. These shows are available on the IVM Podcast website, app, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Every week comes a show. a book and other stuff Tune in every Monday on the IVM Podcast app to IVM Likes Batman approves this message Thank you,
0: Batman
1: This is the amazing story of Something Awesome Once Chuck decided to start a podcast And so he did. The end. Okay, that is a crappy story. But I've got some really cool stories over at my new show, The Origin of Things. On this podcast, I look at the stories of how brands came into being and sometimes evolved out of quite unexpected circumstances. And to make it really fun, I reveal the name of the brand and sometimes a category only at the very end. The show is 5-7 to seven minutes per episode and perfect for trivia junkies and brand nerds, especially those with short attention spans. New episodes out every Wednesday on IVM Podcasts app or website or any podcast app or site that you happen to prefer. End of story, they lived happily ever after.